<clears throat> All right, everybody who uh, is still with us, thank you for sticking around for this podcast. And anybody who is just joining on the um, small sections of the podcast, thanks for joining us. Um, you have landed in the Osprey Nest, and we are sitting here today with one of the co-owners of a company in Richmond, Virginia called Dietitians on Demand. And what they do is they provide dietitian staff across the United States. Uh, if you are a dietitian right now and you are looking for a job, go over to dietitiansondemand.com and get a hold of their people, fill out the paperwork on their website, and they might be able to find the dream position for you. And likewise, if you are looking for a dietitian, go to dietitiansondemand.com and talk to one of their regional managers. They will be able to find the right fit for your company for a dietitian. This company um, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. They have been on Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing private companies for five consecutive years. They were also named Richmond's 25 fastest growing companies in 2015 and 2016. Uh, all their clients are saying, dietitians on demand is always delightful, prompt, reliable, and kind. And I can tell you by knowing the staff here, they love their jobs and that helps get good uh, people with the right companies and make good fits. So if you are looking for a dietitian, head over to dietitiansondemand.com. And thank you, Ryan Davis, the co-owner, for being with us today. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing very well. Um, you know, there's a secret to how I get such uh, good reviews from all my employees. How, how, so what's the secret? What's I, the secret? I pay them. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Pay is important, for sure. <laughs> it, it tends to be. Um, you know, only... Only an entrepreneur is going to show up to work for free. So, That's right. Um, I know you. I know you listen to Gary V, and he says, uh, if you want your people to care as much about your company as you do, then just give them fifty percent of it. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Um, yeah, we. Do, I do listen to him a lot. You actually turned me on to him, so that was. That's good. That's been a big help. And uh, let me just mention, Ryan has been a huge help with me in starting uh, Osprey IT Consulting. Uh, he was a big help in pushing me through that scary door of taking that first step and um, opening my own company and going out on my own. It's very scary. Uh, Ryan did that 15 years ago, uh, him and his wife, Alicia. And why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit? Well, first, let's talk about your shirt since we uh, told everybody to go to the website. Let's. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Dietitian mm -hmm. is uh, usually spelled wrong, just spelled with a C. And uh, until you get used to it, that is the way it looks like you should spell it, mm -hmm. D-I-E-T-I-C-I-A-N. But actually, um, in the industry, they spell it with a T, so two Ts. So D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N, and of course, I'm saying that's how we would spell it. That's how we spell it here. Uh, it's kind of like fingernails on a chalkboard to uh, a dietitian to see it uh, written with, with a C. I think they may, <laughs> I think they may use that spelling... Um, like in uh, the UK, but uh, yeah. in, in America, we use we definitely use it with the T. Yeah. So. Yep. So anybody going to the website, make sure you use the T, not the C. Use the T, not the yeah. C. Yeah. Half the checks that we get from clients um, have the name spelled wrong. Mm -hmm. um, half the time, um, even if I spell it out for people the right way, they, they still get it wrong. Um, and you may think like, why would you want to name your business after something that you know it's a word that's so hard for people to spell? But um, you know, we're trying to market ourselves. <laughs> Towards uh, towards dietitians and, and they certainly don't have any problem with that and they I think they appreciate us using the right spelling. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's important. So um, tell me about tell me about dietitians on demand. How did you how did this whole thing come about where you decided okay I want to you know 
start finding jobs for dietitians and getting people hired. And well, well, it certainly wasn't my idea. Um, it was Alicia's idea, Alicia, my wife. So we got married in 2002. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after that, um, I think there was a time like where we wanted to take a vacation. And she said um, to her boss, can, you know, can I have time off? And he's like, yeah, that's no problem. But you can have to find someone to fill in for you. Uh, while you're out right and so she's like oh okay so we have to do that we have to find our own coverage and make sense because i'm the only dietitian in this building she was at a rehab hospital i think it was at sheltering arms at the time Mm -hmm. and um so she had to go out and find her own coverage and she she got the person in there and realized that they were paying the temporary dietitian more than what she was getting as a permanent regular employee and so wow she's like well i'm gonna start doing this for you know, on the side and try to make a little bit more extra money. And then she started getting more work that she could handle doing consulting on her own. And so we're like, well, what if we put it together, a business that, that does this and finds dietitians and matches them with hospitals who are in need of their services. So we formed that in May of 2005. Mm-hmm. So just hit 15 years. And for the first couple of years, it was all, it was all her. She was working most of the accounts and we had a few other local dietitians. And then I wasn't exactly setting the world on fire with what I was doing. Right. And what was it you were doing at the time? What were you? Oh, it's embarrassing for you. Uh, I had seven jobs in eight years prior to working wow. at, at Dietitians on Demand. So it was uh, sales stuff. I actually worked in construction for a little while. Um, I went to back to school to get my uh, master's degree, and I, that's when I was in construction. Um, I also sold real estate. Um, I worked at uh, Wachovia. Uh, my yeah. title was financial specialist, but I was the really the uh, the checking account opener guy. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, would you like to start this free student checking account with uh, fifty dollars or seventy five dollars? <laughs> so that that's what I did, and then. Um, so I just started to see an opportunity in what she was doing with, with DOD. And I said, well, you know, you're continuing to work on the consultant side, and then maybe I can get involved in trying to do marketing. Right. And so uh, we marketed to uh, Northern Virginia, D.C., and Baltimore, and we found some needs up there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was in 2007 we started doing the marketing, and then we grew multiple-fold at the end of 2007 um, from where we had been. And then um, in 2008, you know, we we kind of went really went regional and um, never looked back yeah. from there. So yeah. yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a that's absolutely amazing that um, you guys went from just a few accounts that from what Alicia needed to do to what it is today. Um, you have how many employees here in the Richmond area at your corporate office? Uh, the corporate office is a team of 15. Yeah, that's 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 pretty big for. Uh, you know, 15, so basically one per year. <laughs> yeah, we went we went slow. Um, you know, for the first couple of years, the, you know, the business was based out of our, our home. And yeah. then we moved, and my first office was 700 square feet, and it, had, uh, it was in a basement mm-hmm. in uh, an office building. It was an English basement, though, so it was like kind of an upgrade. Yeah. You know, you had, uh, you had some windows. Um, yeah. <laughs> had a terrible internet connection down there, and um, bright red carpet with like stark white walls and this blood red carpet but yeah. you know hey we we were doing it on our own we had our own little place of business and we got to put our, put our little sign on our door it felt felt cool yeah that's got to feel really good now you have you and your wife have children well, how old was your oldest when you started dietitian on demand so dod came first and then mm-hmm. then came haley yeah so haley was born in 2006 and um you know, I, I think the one of the goals was uh, when we originally got the idea 
that Alicia was was had more work that she could handle. We're like, maybe we can f- put together a business that could uh, replace her income mm-hmm. when we had Haley, um, right. just in case she wanted to um, have the option of working or not working, should she choose yep. to do so. And um, so we were able to do that, and she didn't have to go work in facilities anymore. Of course, she traded um, working in facilities for working on the business. There's actually this right. classic photo of Haley in uh, one of those um, – it's been a long time since I had kids. Those things that you hold them on the front. Yeah. Of those little yeah, little um, naps got things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, this little sling or whatever. And Haley was uh, in there like sound asleep, and Leisha's like at an old desktop, you know, and like got her head to the side and got the phone up, and like oh. she she's clearly like um, I need to get that picture from you. I'm gonna put it in yeah the, in the video. Though. Well, she's clearly doing uh, two things at uh, two things at once, and yeah. then but then as um. As kids started to grow and not uh, be napping all the time, um, I started to just you know, pick up more of what was going on in the business. Um, and then over the years, she's she's been involved in um, many of the times when we really needed um, more support to get over to that to that next hop, uh-huh. um, such as like when we went national in 2013 by right. picking up a few strategic contracts. She came back and uh, led the the recruiting effort there for right. for a while, and so. Um, you know, she's always just been there to give the business whatever it needs. Like even, yeah. even last year, she covered a, a maternity leave. One of our employees uh-huh. had, a, had a baby, and she she covered for that. Wow. Um, so she's always been just been very willing to to step up. She she got us started and um, has has definitely been, played a big role in helping us get to where we are uh, today. Yeah, that's that's got to be tough. You started you started a business, then you started a family. And so you're starting a family, you're starting a business, and all that stress and everything of both of those things on top, and you've pulled it off in the last 15 years. You're just like, is it, what kind of struggles? What kind of things? Like, was there any time then when you were like, oh, I'm just, we got we can't do both of this. I want one or the other. Or, and what was it? Was there something that got you through that? What was it that got you through that hump of, you know, I'm, we need to keep going on this. This is something that we really want. Yeah, uh, I, I can remember times when the business was based out of the house, mm-hmm. and we would have like the phone ring upstairs, and we'd look at each other, and be like, you know, it'd be like five thirty, and the phone rings, and we're looking at each other, like, well, are you going to get it? <laughs> right? Are you going to get, get it? And so, you know, that was just this, uh, a stress there. And then um, once it got to the point where it was more than what one person could handle, we needed an employee. Then we're like, all right, now it needs to move offsite. Right. But you know, she and I started it together. It was her idea, but I, I kind of. Um, tagged along and like helped her get things set up and, right. and that sort of thing. So it's always, we've had this, um, kind of butting heads at times over who's in control, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, as the business has grown, we've realized that uh, what we need to do is, uh, provide management and oversight to our employees who are actually executing the daily duties. Right. And, um, so you know, we've come to, uh, you know, a piece about, um, you know, I run the day to day, but we talk about the big things uh, together. Right. So any big decisions that we have to make, um, she's she's definitely at the table with, and yeah. uh, I come to her with all my crazy ideas, and she shoots down eighty percent of them, <laughs> and then all the lots of good ones go through. Right. So she saved us uh, definitely a lot of time and uh, money over, over the years, and helping me avoid uh, stupid. Mm. Yeah, wives tend to do that sometimes. Uh, yeah. It's 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 got to be. Uh, and for anybody out there listening who's thinking about starting their own company, who's got a family and everything, I mean, you're definitely proof that it can be done with your family life as long as you are uh, diligent and you are, you know, 
steadfast and pursue very hard you can you can make it there's there's no reason if you want it bad enough you can get it yeah i had the the benefit of um i didn't really have a lot to walk away from and Mm -hmm. so you know we this was you know once we got the idea for this we knew that this was going to be it but we went very very slowly um really we're very debt averse yep Uh, we held on to uh, 100% of the company. And there was a time uh, a few years in, like when we were like four or five years in, where someone come and was expressing interest in buying us out. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, you know, maybe I can get a million dollars. Maybe yeah. I can get a million dollars for this. I was like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be life changing. And now I'm like, our, our sales are, you know, eight, nine times that. Right. And, you know, I don't know what the business is worth, but I'm guessing it's worth some sort of multiple of whatever. Right. I, I don't really care because I'm not planning on selling it. Right. right? So, uh, but, you know, we, we avoided the easy money up front. We kept our nose to the grindstone. Yeah. There were times when uh, we were growing like wildfire and there were years there where um, I didn't think we were going to grow at all. Yeah. I think it took us... Um, it took us three years to get to a thousand hours in in, in sales, uh, billable hours every pay period, which is two weeks, and then it took us like five years to get to two thousand. Right. right. And then two, and then three, and then four, and five came quickly. Now I'm kind of stuck between five, five and six. Right. You know? And this was going to be my year. This was going to be my big year. Like I, I, ha- I got the right team in place last yep. year. I got the right team. I found them. We have a wonderful team. Um, so it's almost it's almost too wonderful. It's like these people just love, really genuinely love to be around each other and love yeah. to be a, a part of what we're doing here. And so I got them, and then I trained them up, and then we really had a big second half, and our fourth quarter of 2019 was huge. So we come to 2020. You know, our business kind of resets at the beginning of the year because Christmas like wiped. No one wants to work for right. you know, that time frame, so it resets yeah. what we do in staffing. So I'm thinking that we're going to have a huge year, and then boom. You know, here comes Corona. Yeah. And um, so then we move into that. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, wh- what are we going to do? What yeah. are we going to do? Um, luckily, I had um, I had a, a house that I um, we had lived in for a long time before we moved back into town. I was Airbnb that. I sold that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the money from the sale of that just as I was, um, we were entering the shutdown. Right. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I have this little bit. I have a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like four days of operating income or something like that you know and then i sold some vehicles i gathered together this little nest i'm like all right well i suppose if everyone stops ordering dietitians or all the dietitians stop working i can pay my people for like a month or two right you know just just my corporate team and i can i can do that without going bankrupt Mm -hmm. and then you know maybe they'll just have to get unemployment and then we'll just have to wait for things to come back yeah you know what, what happened was was you know dietitians are essential workers yeah so they they stayed around and we did see a big impact from facilities closing down and not taking on new patients and mm-hmm. so censuses dropping and so them needing less coverage um so we did experience a decline right. um about a 20 percent decline in, in billable hours and is where we are right now and um we've seen our new order pipeline drop to about the lowest that it's been since about 2012. right so it's been scary to see that and it's been scary to watch the pipeline drop and then i was worried about are they going to um the hospital is going to keep paying their invoices or um are we going to be able to collect everything's everything's been working out right you know the dietitians are still going to work there's there there are healthcare superheroes that are out there um, 
representing our brand all over the country, and um, we were able to get some of that PPP money from the government to help us assure that should they stop working or should the hospital stop paying our invoices that we'll be able to continue to meet payroll. Yeah. You know, we have 15 here on the corporate staff, but there's 150 of them out in the field. Yeah. Any given week that so that's 165 people that I'm responsible for paying. Yeah. You know, and so just making sure that we have the ability to weather that storm, the PPP money was was so helpful. It was yeah. un- unbelievably helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's important. That's that's uh amazing to hear that, you know, out of everything that's going on, you were worried about, well, do I have enough money to at least keep my staff paid for a little while? And, and I mean, that's something I hear. We tell, you mentioned Gary Vee earlier. Like, if he's, he's always said if you're not willing to get rid, get rid of stuff and change your lifestyle to keep your business or keep, you know, your money or whatever, then you, you know, that's, yeah, that's I'm, really I'm like, important. Like, how much equity do I have in my house? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, how do, I, how do I get into that? I have a lighting credit for the business, and that would have gotten us a little while, yeah. you know, um, but – from the amount of payroll that we're running with 165 people, um, you know, that wouldn't have lasted very long. We could have maybe gotten by for a month, and then I had my little my little squirrel's nest. Right. <laughs> money that I had set aside, <laughs> personally. And I was like, all right, I could use this, maybe buy myself another two weeks. But, yeah. you know, if if uh, what we do is we, we create paychecks, right? Our work creates paychecks for people. Like, um, we find jobs. They go and work the job, we bill, and then we create the, uh, the, the paycheck. And yeah. so the, um, the support that we were able to get from the government uh, came at just the right time. We happened to be fortunate to, to be one of those companies that was still operating and still able to use those funds. Mm-hmm. Like restaurants, you know, who are mandated to be closed, like, well, they get the PPP money and they got eight weeks to, to pay it. But it, what good does that do? Because you can't even give the people a job anyway to come back, come back and work. Right. And so then it's like, do you just give it to them? But then you don't have any of that money left over for when your business does actually open up again. Right. So uh, it, we, we've been very, very blessed. I've always said that we're very lucky to be working with, with dietitians because they're sharp, they're professional, they're in demand. There's not a ton of them out there. Right. You know, we, we've, we've found this really great niche. And um you know, 15 years of supporting it, and it's, it's been really a fun fun ride. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so that brings me to another point. Um, you uh, were able to break out of the office environment when this whole corona happened, the whole corona thing happened. Well, and yeah, they would have broke out. <laughs> you see how empty it is back there? Yeah. I think we got one, one or two here today. Yeah, I think there's one or two walking around out, out there. Uh, they're definitely more than six feet apart, so that's good. Um, but you were able to to break out easily and not miss a beat because your whole IT infrastructure is in the cloud. You don't have – you're not tethered to the office. The office is just a place to, um, you know, maintain your culture and have your people get together and have meetings and, and sit together so yeah. that there's a – you know, a bond between you guys. But as far as your IT infrastructure, it's it's all outside the office in the cloud. So it's yeah, it's a lot easier. It was a lot easier for you to say, okay, go home. And yeah, when um when the shutdown happened, it was just okay. Um, pick up your computer and your iPhone and go home. Yeah. So we we started that way years ago because the way I like to work. You know, I mentioned that house that I sold that was a, a farm in beautiful. Louisa County, and um, it was a long way from town, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to commute every day when I was commuting into that basement office that I had. I was like, I don't want to be in the basement. I want to be on the farm, right? Right. So um, I set it all up so that way I could do that. I could work 
either here in town or there at the farm. And um, we just sort of kept that and never really went back to physical infrastructure yeah. in, the, uh, in the offices. So our applicant tracking software is, the, is all in the cloud and the, the payroll, we have a payroll company, a subscription company for that. Our, obviously our website is you know, hosted by somebody else and yeah. we use Office 365. So everything is in the cloud and it's all different clouds. Even our financial software, which was on QuickBooks, which was on, on a desktop in the office, we, mm-hmm. we got rid of that and that's in the cloud now too. So there's the only thing that we really physically need to get here for is to collect checks in the mail Right, um, but that's probably twenty percent of our customers pay that way. Right, um, so you know we we're pretty agile. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, a lot of companies that I work with, they went into panic mode when all this happened because they don't even give their employees laptops. They, they so just why, use why towers. Would, like, why would they do that? What's the thinking behind that? Yeah, it's and I'm trying to push a lot of them to go to laptops because of that exactly. It's like why would you buy something that keeps you locked in? right here at the office, you know, when you're... Is it control? Is it that they want to... I don't know. I don't know. It's... it's. I think maybe it's also an older mentality of... Mm. They, 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 they've been doing it this way for so long. Why change? Mm. And they don't really change. A lot of companies that I've worked with, um, I, even with you guys, uh, you know, when I came in, I found, oh, you're paying for this and you're paying for this and you're paying for this, but it's all under here. Yeah. And you can cancel all of this other stuff. Stop paying for it because you already got it all in this package that you're paying for here, Yeah. which was Office 365. Yeah, when you know? we went with you, we were able to drop like three different vendors. So when did, when did you guys start needing IT? I mean, uh, obviously you were using phone calls and stuff back in 2005. You know, did you have an, an IP phone like you have now? Or uh, we started you? off with just a regular, um, another line from Verizon getting installed to uh-huh. the, to the phone jacks. And, and we had like a separate phone jack run to our bedroom, right? Right. Our upstairs bedroom. And now uh, one time when Haley was little, um, I was out and Alicia was there. Her mom was there uh-huh. and her, you know, Gail, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, the phone rang and uh, you know, Gail picked it up and it's like, I'm like, hello. And they're like, is this dietitian's on demand? Is Le- I'm calling for Alicia. And like, she's not here. This is her mother. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well, they didn't know that we were a fly-by-night operation. No, they do now. No, they, no, they do know. <laughs> but then I got, um, I went to the virtual PBX, uh-huh. um, which is like the one I use now and still is uh, Grasshopper. I don't think that was the first one I used, but I eventually moved to them. So they answer the phone and then have the auto attendant and they compress and it forwards directly to um, the extension uh, mm-hmm. of the of the employee and then that extension can forward any any number that they ever want. Okay. So just their their cell phone. Right. And because everybody has unlimited minutes on their cell phone, right. which didn't used to be that way, right? Everyone has unlimited minutes. They just use their phone, and I just give them, a, like, a technology um, stipend. Yeah. Like 60 bucks a month for for you using your phone your, for, for work. For work. Wow. Right. And then I don't have to get involved with the hardware or keeping you know, them in a new phone or whatever. I just give them the, that and then. Let them use their personal stuff in that. Yeah, I, I I looked at changing that once into a different system that worked a different way, and I wanted them to answer the calls on their computers, and that but that didn't go very yeah. well. <laughs> I think we were with that system for about forty eight hours. It's just too different from the way that we were operating. Yeah, and they were like, "This was great. We love this. We want to go back." So like we went back like running. Yeah, back. So when did you start using like f- computers for for your work? Like two two thousand five, <laughs> were you guys? Just using a laptop or nothing at all? Did you? Yeah, well, it would have been a desktop and then um, just office products. And then um, we were very uh, 
heavy into printing resumes back then. Yeah. You know, and we would have like stacks of resumes and manila folders with this is our Richmond dietitians, these are our Tidewater, this is the dietitians we know in DC. And so we get a job and just start flipping through our paper resumes and saying, Oh, who do we know? Who do we know? Right. And there was like kind of like a, you know, a small, very tight knit network then. We knew every one of those um those dietitians and um knew their backgrounds and but then as a as a group and got more people we had to go to um some sort of system. We couldn't just obviously have thousands of resumes on, on paper files right. all over. So we went to an applicant tracking system called Sendouts mm-hmm. in 2008, and then they got bought out years later by Bullhorn, right. and we're still with Bullhorn. Yeah. So we've we signed up with them in 2008. We we've never changed yeah. applicant tracking that's, company. That's 12 years with the same company. That's 12 that's years. I mean, that's why that's why uh, investors love software as a service. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Because, yeah. you know, it's a monthly thing. You keep paying. You know, you have the, the big cost to develop it. But then once it's developed, you just have to maintain an upgrade and keep, people keep paying. Yeah. And then the more you use it, the more of your stuff gets in there, the more you customize it, the more you bring other vendors and things to work with that, mm-hmm. you know, the stickier it gets. Yeah. And, like, the first question our, my, that my staff asks whenever we look at a new technology a piece of technology like does it interact with bullhorn yeah if it doesn't interact with bullhorn i don't want to look at it right <laughs> right exactly and so kudos to bullhorn uh for um for catching me in their uh, fly trap yeah yeah but they've been great um we've enjoyed working with them and they're one of the largest applicant tracking companies out there yeah um and then you know having more employees and you have more computers and you want them to be able to share files and things like that so right. remember at the basement office you know yeah. you and i have been friends for 20 years um you came out and installed what we used that oh yeah we ran, we ran ran cable up in the overhead put in drops in the walls yeah and, and put in a small business server 2008 i think it was 2008 or 2006 uh-huh. maybe that was I think it was a pig. <laughs> that yeah. was a hog, but yeah. yeah, it had your email on it, had your domain on it, and uh-huh. I think it was what just you and two other employees at the time. It was, it was just me and Kathleen, really. You, yeah, you, you yeah. and Kathleen and, and Alicia. That was it. Three people. But yeah, you had your email on there. You had your your domain. Everything, all your files, everything was on that one machine. And then eventually, we got you off of there, and you're you're in 365 in the cloud now. What what did you go to after that? You went to Rackspace, right? Yeah, yeah. GoDaddy Mail for a while. Okay, yeah. And then um, with them, they had uh, limits on how many emails you could send a day. Yeah. And, like, when we get a job and we know, like, let's say we get a job in Chicago, we know 75 dietitians in the, in the area. We email all 75 of them. Right. And so you do that, do that like, twice a day or in two different cities for two different jobs. And you could send a couple hundred emails a day. Yeah. And the legitimate emails, um, they're not spamming. We're notifying all the people that we know about this job that we're trying to fill. But then... GoDaddy would put us in email jail. Yeah. And like, yeah. you sent more than 200 emails today. Your email's blocked out, and you're yeah. going to email jail. Yeah. And we had this uh, recruiter, Louise. <laughs> so she would, maybe she spammed a little bit. She would email <laughs> quite, a, quite a lot. And she'd always be in email jail. So then we uh, moved to different providers. You do just, you, you go with one, and then um, well, I think while everything's working, you don't really seek out to change to a, another provider, but... When you see an upgrade or see that something's broken, then you then you go and, and switch. Yeah, yeah, move to the whatever works better for you. Mm-hmm. So, but three sixty five has been working good for you. Yeah, now. You, you yeah, know, no. synced up with your domain and and yeah, it's very smooth. I, I feel like um, Microsoft always has more features and benefits that you know mm-hmm. about because they don't do a really good job about getting the word out about all the services, all of the yeah. stuff that they can do. Yeah, and so I feel like I don't even know what percentage of it we're using, but. Um, 
I know since we've been with Osprey, we've been using more. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. There's a lot of stuff that they have. It's, it's pretty amazing what you get for 15 bucks a month to, to use in your business, all the tools that you get to use with, with Office 365, especially the business plan. Um, uh, I'm actually impressed with it because, you know, coming up, being in IT for 20 years, I remember back in the day looking at a box with a CD in it. It's got Visio in it, and it's got a $600 price tag on it. And you're like, this is one program that, you know, makes – Visio flowcharts and it's six hundred dollars. Yeah. Like what? The heck is, isn't it like, amazing? What am I really getting here? Isn't it amazing how technology changes and becomes cheaper? We were yeah. it, one of the bored quarantine days. We got out a box of old uh, family home movies, and I actually yeah. still have a VCR. Yeah. Um, my kids used to call them fat movies, and they'd watch the fat movies or the skinny movies. Uh, right. The fat movies were the old Disney ones that we picked up at a yard sale for a buck, and they would watch those. Anyway. Um, we were looking at the camera camcorder that my father had uh-huh. in the 80s, 1990, like Christmas 1990. And yeah. he's got this camcorder. It's like this big. And like he's holding it like this. And the kids, my kids were just like, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like they couldn't wrap their heads around like this big giant thing. And he had to look through yeah, you know, with one eye closed. And that's how he recorded. And like we went to Disney World. My dad recorded like... 12 hours of video holy cow over the trip yeah might even that might even be conservative more than that and he just stood there like like this i maybe it's because he just didn't want anyone to talk to him but <laughs> anyway and then we're watching these videos and we see like the tv that we had like back then and uh, i was like i remember my dad bought that tv it was a big deal it was like 950 dollars for yeah. a 27 inch tube television yeah like i i paid less than that for a 60 inch flat screen yeah um, I remember we got a CD player for Christmas. It was a oh, yeah. big freaking deal. It was like, you know, three hundred dollars, and like, you know, my, that might have been like a week's pay for my mom. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, can you imagine? Imagine putting a week's pay towards something that can play music. Yeah, and now who uses CDs anymore? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No one uses CDs anymore. Like, yeah, all, even that, even that medium's gone. Like, no, my my Jeep um, doesn't even have a CD player in it. Yeah, my new. 2019 Rubicon, no, yeah. no CD slot. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, even my, uh, I remember I borrowed my mom's car. She had a tape deck in her car. This was a couple years ago, and my son Cody, we were driving it. I took it to get something done for her. I think it was the brakes or something. I took it to go get it done, and I was bringing it back to her house, and Cody was riding with me, and we pulled up into her driveway, and he pulled the cassette out of the cassette player, and he was pressing on the cassette, and I was like, yeah. what are you doing, Cody? And he's like, well, this is what opens the garage door, right? And I'm like, no, that plays music. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? What is this? Like, it's a cassette. You put it play, and I showed him, and he was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know what them have never seen that before. That I'm like, yeah, it's been around for, like, 40 years now. Well, <laughs> You know, that reminds me, like when we were watching those home videos, like um, one of them got eaten by the VCR. Yeah. You know, and like I pulled it out and tried to pull it out and it wouldn't come out. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. This is gone forever. Yeah. You know, I guess theoretically, like, I had sent somewhere where to get it fixed. It doesn't matter because it was one of my brother's old soccer videos. Right. And like, we've got like 35 of those. So right. no one really cares. <laughs> yeah. So what about that one? I don't care anymore. Uh, so yeah, so you, you guys, um, you guys are in year 15. That's, that's amazing. And, um, you've, uh, you've really knocked it out of the park. I think I've, I've based a lot of the stuff off of what you've done for my company as far, especially as far as like financial wise and everything. Mm -hmm. You've really taught me a lot 
Um, I, th- I think it's so to... important to have uh, good good mentors. Um, I've yeah. never officially had a mentor-mentee relationship, but uh, I plugged in um, with several organizations that really helped me be around other people who were doing things. Um, you know, the first and foremost would be the Rotary, um, the local Richmond Rotary, just mm. not for what the club does and for the activities that it performs. They do a lot of great service work, but like I really got to know a lot of people in Richmond. I, I met for the first time, really, I met some other business owners mm-hmm. and I could talk to them and it could, could learn about what was going on in their business and how they get started and share ideas with and that sort of thing. So I built some right. relationships there. Then once, um, once we got going and it got started to get some traction under me, um, I joined the Virginia Council of CEOs. Mm-hmm. And I was a member of that organization for about five years. And um, same thing, some, some great, um, great relationships that I made there. But also there they um, introduced me to really good speakers and business speakers and business education and the, the, the learning that they put out and the conferences that they have are great. Right. So like a commercial for that. But it's really important to... Um, get around someone else who's been where you want to go okay and um learning from them um raleigh who's our our coo here um he's involved with american staffing association uh, in their mentorship program and he actually has a mentor at a staffing company that's about two three times the size bigger than where we are and he's talking with their coo there and you know so i he's learned a lot and it's been valuable for him mm-hmm. right now i'm not in the council of ceos and so that's definitely a little bit of a void that i have and i have I need to go fill that with, like, where am I going to do my learning? Because right. I don't know what it's like to run a $50 million company. Right. I would like to someday, but, like, the only way I'm going to know, learn about what that's like is to get around someone who is doing Who's it. done it, yeah, and talk to them. Where do you – when you were getting in part of these groups, like, how did you find out about the groups in the in the Richmond area that you could be a part of or you could join? If, if somebody's just starting their company and they're like, okay, I need to – I want to – do some of that stuff too. Where would they go to try to find these groups to get involved? Well, in? anywhere in the in the world uh, or in America, you can go with your local chamber and just start go to some events and just just like look at who's involved, look at what types of companies are there. Right. Write down um, things that you hear about where to go. I mean, I got it. You know, so the Virginia Council CEOs was it was a big part of my development as a CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned about them through Mark Deutsch. Mm-hmm. who is someone that I was in Rotary with. Okay. So it's like, there you go. So it's like I, I got involved in the community on some level. I started to meet people and be around business folks. And you just from there, you learn. I mean, Raleigh, my COO, I met him through Rotary. My financial yeah. advisor, Ron, I met him through Rotary. Yeah. You know, so I met like 60 to 70 business professionals in the Richmond area, and I've struck up relationships with all of them. And that's been, that's been really instrumental. I yeah. was in Rotary for, for 10 years. Yeah. And now that, that played a big part. Yeah. So that's a good thing. So uh, Chamber of Commerce is a good place to start. Sure. Go to the website. Chamber of Commerce, Rotary, um, mm-hmm. all of that, that that stuff is good for someone that need, needs to learn from others. Because yeah. you, can, you can consume all the media that you want um, online, and you can certainly read all the stuff that you want, but you got to get it around humans. Yeah. Right? And you got to build relationships. And you get, because you need to. You need to listen to them, and then you need to build trust with them, and then open up with them. Right. Like Gary Vee can inspire you all you want, but he's not going to listen to you. Right. Right. Because he's not going to be there sitting across the table. Right. Uh, from you, and that's stuff something that you definitely get in these local organizations. Yeah, that's that's kind of a weird dynamic. I feel, especially in today's work environment, how 
uh, and with IT, how things are separating as far as social interaction. You have social media, but there's nothing really physically social about it. You're not actually talking to people uh, it's one un- on one. It's unsocial it's, it's media. Un- yeah, it's unsocial completely. I mean, people who usually would be, you know, uh, tucked away in their house and not want to talk to anybody have a voice now with social media, and they're you can yell and scream all they yeah. want about anything on social media and still stay you know, uh, introverted in their house, nonetheless. But I think it's really weird that, you know, the dynamic of, you know, businesses and people working from home and how that that separation, but yet you still need that, like you said, you still need that personal interaction to get your business going, to get clients, to get, you still need that stuff. So it's it's getting harder and harder to... I don't think you can replace the casual one-on-one conversation or interaction that, that you have with yeah. someone when you're with them in person, Yeah. period. Uh, we use Zoom. Mm-hmm. We work from home. Like all of my staff is, is working from home. I never closed the business down for COVID. Uh, you know, there's only 13 of us that come to this physical office every day. Right. So it's, you're all adults. You like, do what you want. Right. right? They, uh, so they all went home. <laughs> like, like, tell like, you what, what do you want? I'm going home. <laughs> all right. That's what I want to do. So they, so they all went home. And I, and I eventually did too. Um, Everyone but Debbie, our, our CPA, she stayed because um, she checks the mail and that sort of thing. Anyway, yeah. um, where was I going with that? Uh, we were talking about the, the, the separation. and, and uh, Right. Yeah. So um, what we've noticed is that there's been times where there's been some issues and challenges related to communication. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you, you know that if she were here and she were here, they would have picked up on it from each other. Right. Right. But if you have to reach out and schedule a Zoom meeting and the Zoom room's got to be, be available or if you yeah. just shoot it over as a text message, um, we use this thing called Flock instead of Slack. Right. So mm-hmm. we flock things. So if you send them a flock uh, or, um, you know, you may miss things. But if, right. you, if you spend all day in the same room and then you walk by, oh, hey, you know, I did do this. Yeah. Are you cool with that? So we've had a few instances. They haven't been major and mm-hmm. they have not been obstacles that can't be overcome. But... Um, it's just not natural. I heard someone else say that workplaces exist for a reason, right? Yeah. And I think that while we can be very productive while we're at home and you certainly get that commuting time back and you can 7.30 a.m. coffee and log on and start working, it's also hard to quit. It's Sometimes there's a challenge between um, just inter- interacting with your, your personal life and then your work life, such as when yeah. we were had the business in the in the home and then the phone would ring, like, oh, shit, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I think there's a reason that workplaces exist. I told my staff that when phase three opens up and then the governors um, kind of remove the guideline about teleworking, that I expect them to come back and start using this office. Yeah. You know, we don't spend $6,500 a month for this thing to sit empty. Right. Um, but I said, you know, I think this has changed my perspective a little bit on work from home. And, you know, and yeah. if, so if you want to work from home one day a week or two at the most, yeah. Um, probably okay with that now whereas i probably wasn't in the future i was right. terrible at working from home yeah especially at the farm because i had a lake and so i go yeah. fishing <laughs> yeah know? or, or i'd be out <laughs> doing some chores i'd be on my four-wheeler yeah. i'd be getting into troubles so I, I just never really like working from home personally although i have been doing it some over the last couple months and i've I found the time to be productive yeah that was a big struggle for me when i worked for hp and i started working from home it was. It wasn't until I figured out. Okay, I need to take this separate room in my house, and I need to make it my office. And when I cross the threshold of that door, I'm at work, and that's work, because you're never going to get anything done sitting on the couch with your laptop watching TV or folding mm. laundry or. Sure. You gotta sit down and focus on your work. You just have to realize seg- segregate that. 
okay, my commute to work isn't get in the car and drive to yeah. work. It's walk down the hall and open a door. Yeah. And, but when you're at work, you're at work. And, yeah, that's a big, big thing, I think, for people. But if people can get over that hump, you know, I, I, I think employees are much happier when they don't have to deal with traffic and commute and get up early to get ready and get your car sure. and, just, and come into the office and set everything up. And, like, that whole – just before you start your day, there's enough, you know – pain in the ass stuff you got to do, you yeah. know, just to, to start work. And then you got to deal with your day and then go home. But, um, and yeah, my, my team works from home more. I can probably put more team in this office Yeah, that, yeah. you know, in terms of space considerations, if everyone's not at their desk all day, um, right. you know, my brother-in-law used to work in New York and one time I saw his office and I think he had about 18 inches, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was his work area. Yeah. So they weren't very socially distant. Yeah. But, you know, but anyway, um, we have a full six, eight feet in between people here, but you know, um, if they're working home from home more, I can potentially increase that count yeah. when, when it's safe to do so. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, something that each is different for each employee though. Cause I know a lot of people who just can't do it and they're just like, I, I need to be in an office. And there's people too. There's times, you know, I work from home a lot, but there's times it's like, I need to go in and check on my customers. I need, because I need social interaction. I'm the type of person I need yeah. social interaction. Sure. I can't go six weeks without seeing another human being. That'll, I'll, that'll drive me insane. I got, right. you know, so it's important to do that. Um, but awesome. Uh, I appreciate you coming in and talking. Well, yeah, no, uh, thank you for having me. Let me use your space. We're here in uh, your office today, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get some footage of, of your office and your space. It's uh, it's excellent. I, I think it's really impressive, too, how you don't actually have any offices in this in your office. Everybody's in a cube, including you. Mm-hmm. You are with your employees hitting a grindstone equally in a cube with everybody else, and you've got these rooms for meetings for phone calls and stuff. And I, I, just, I think that's a good, that's, that's amazing that, you know, that's, that kind of makes everybody feel like, okay, we're all a team here. Yeah. We're all together. No, all. I, I definitely just put my feet up on my desk, watch Netflix and then watch, <laughs> and watch them go to work. <laughs> Cracked away from behind the cubicle wall. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan Davis, dietitians yeah. on demand. Like I said, anybody uh, who is a dietitian out there looking for a job, it doesn't matter where you are in the United States, go to dietitians on demand and check it out and if you are in need of a dietitian definitely go to dietitiansondemand.com spelled with a t not a c and uh, let them help you out Uh, again you've been listening to the osprey's nest and thanks a lot for joining and we'll talk see you guys later bye-bye bye-bye I'm <laughs> sorry.